Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. In short, I'll tell you how I've done it. I've done comedy for almost 10 years on sidewalks and strip clubs and public buses and bombing in front of every which so audience to now almost 10 years in, I'm finally getting booked on corporate gigs. So that's all you got to do. Just um, pay your dues for about 10 years and then people will start to say, oh, he's funny. I should pay him to be funny. Now that's the short answer. Now, the heartfelt answer. High breath. Hello, hello. What's up, Hot breath Averse? Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. This is a special holiday live Q&A I am doing in our secret Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, head on over to Facebook, search Hot Breath Comedy Network, request to join, connect with comics and fans from all around the world. This show is literally on every single continent except Antarctica as of now, but we're we're moving in on Antarctica. But thank you all for tuning in to this. If you didn't get a chance to hang out in the live Q&A, we are answering a lot of great questions from comics and comedy fans that I think will really help you over the holiday season heading into 2020 as it is rapidly approaching. So congratulations to everyone. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate your support. So let's get into the listener questions here in the live Q&A. Daniel Brady, thanks for sharing this, buddy. I saw you just share that. Also, thank you to everyone that has joined the Patreon. If you don't know, we have a Patreon page where I actually just released my album early, okay? Up in 2020, I'm releasing my comedy special and album titled The Trophy Husband, but only on Patreon have I released the album early. So go over there. It's linked in the show notes. Go check it out. I do some special content over there. I also do set reviews for you as well as free giveaways and such. What's up, Crystal? Hey, Crystal. This is so exciting. So let's go ahead and jump into this here because I am actually recording this right before going to meet with my editor, we are actually working on the comedy special. We are putting the final touches on the special, and I'm so excited for y'all to see this, and I'm thinking maybe we'll maybe do an early release on Patreon or something special. We got a couple special things coming up, so definitely thanks for tuning in, supporting and sharing all these. It really does make a difference. So let me take a sip of my hot breath water. Ah, and let's jump into it. All right. The first question. Oh, I didn't record the video. Here we go. All right. The first question. This one comes from Gary Henry. He said, I love hot breath. Thank you for giving us multiple insights into the game, Joel. I'm five years in. Salute to you, Gary, for making it five years. A lot of people don't make it past five minutes. So you're ahead of the team. 
I'm five years in and I'm interested in corporate stand-up. I know I have a long way to go and there are no shortcuts. I'm just wondering what I should be focusing on to eventually become a corporate comedian. All right. This is a great question because I've done several corporate gigs this year and I've been posting and documenting about it. And I've had a lot of younger comics reaching out about, they're like, hey man, hook me up with these corporate gigs or how do I book all these corporate gigs you're doing? Well, in short, I'll tell you how I've done it. I've done comedy for almost 10 years on sidewalks and strip clubs and public buses and bombing in front of every which so audience. To now almost 10 years in, I'm finally getting booked on corporate gigs. So that's all you got to do. Just um, pay your dues for about 10 years and then people will start to say, oh, he's funny. I should pay him to be funny. Now that's the short answer. Now, the heartfelt answer, there is no one way in this game. There is no right or wrong. There's really only your way, you know. Some people don't book a Conan set until 15 years into their career or ever. I have friends who have booked Conan sets four or five years into their career. There's no single path, but I will say what is going to help you the most and what Andrew Schultz said in his interview on Hot Breath, he always focused on getting funny first. All the other opportunities have funneled from being funny. So if you just focus on getting funny, which five years in, you're getting funny. You're ahead of a lot of people, but there's still a lot of reps to do. I honestly didn't even think, and this is me personally, I didn't even think about how am I going to market myself or how am I going to really start to get paid in this game until probably seven years in when I felt like I had a quality product to provide. I felt like I had a product worth paying for because the thing about these corporate gigs or all these other like paid gigs, the big deal is the rebook you can book one but if you're not ready not only will you not book that gig again but word will travel that either they're not going to book you specifically or they're not just going to book comedy in general and then we all miss out because you weren't ready for the opportunity so five years in what you should be focusing on to eventually become a corporate comedian just focus on getting funny Get funny first, please. Everyone wants to microwave their success. Everyone sees that everyone has a comedy special and they want to blah, blah, blah. Get funny. All your opportunities will come from getting funny. But in the meantime, you can look at other corporate comedians and what they are doing. One of my favorite guests we've had on Hot Breath, Rick Roberts, is an amazing comedian who has really found a lot of momentum in the corporate world He's a great resource. He has a podcast called School of Laughs Podcast. You can listen to or reach out to him. He's very responsive, super nice guy. And he can maybe, you know, find you can find some more guidance from him in terms of like what he's done in his corporate career. But the short of it, five years in, just focus on getting funny first, but start paying attention to corporate comedians and what they are doing. A lot of Corporate comedians have a specific theme. Uh, Rick does like a Barney Fife that has like a message behind it. So it's all kind of figuring out what you want to do in the corporate space or you want to do stand-up or you want to be motivational. But start to ease into that. But overall, get funny first. Funny brings the opportunity. All right?
Good question though, Gary. A lot of people are asking me about that. Uh, all these corporate gigs I've been doing this year. It's just 10 years of trial and error to finally finding a little light at the end of the tunnel. That's all. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of light at the end of the tunnel, Cindy Strickland. Joel, I love my Hot Breath Podcast t-shirt. I love listening to the podcast and getting insight into the world of comedy. Oh, thank you, Cindy. I'm actually wearing my Trophy Husband shirt today, but I do appreciate you supporting the Hot breath and the Joel-averse. Cindy has actually bought Hot Breath shirts and Joel-averse shirts, so shout out to everyone that has picked up their merch. You still have a little bit of time if you're listening to this, you want to... Head on over to hotbreathpodcast.com, pick up some merch, support yourself. Holla at your boy. Teresa Callen. Another good question. What made you want to get into doing comedy? I'm happy you did, by the way. Thank you, Teresa. Um, I was always a fan of comedy. I was always interested in comedy. I would say I was born to do comedy. My mom always tells me this story of when I was a baby maybe even before like kindergarten, I was in a church play and I stole the microphone from the lady in charge and just started rah, 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 rah. And apparently it killed. Apparently I got a whole bunch of laughs, still my best gig to date. And um, that's really where it all started. And then I saw Sinbad's Afros and Bell Bottoms. And then from then I was hooked. I knew one day I was going to be wearing a jumpsuit and earrings performing at Morehouse. So Sinbad is actually maybe my number one goal guest for 2020. That He is the cat that motivated me to start comedy. But that being said, for people who are thinking about doing comedy, it's never too late. Um, some people start in their 50s, their 60s. I wanted to do comedy, but I didn't actually start till I was 22 and a senior in college and about to graduate, and I lost everything else because Sally Mae took it, so I figured, why not try comedy? So it's all a process, but it really all started with me performing in that church, killing the room, still chasing that high ever since, and that's really what made me want to get into it. It's always just something that's been instinctual to me. It's always just been natural and organic. It's something I'd never had to force, and I think that's important for everyone in pursuing what is their passion, what makes them happy, is something that just fits. It's not something you have to force. Like Guinness trying to act like he's paying attention when he really doesn't care. But, good question, Teresa. Billy Langley. I did his podcast a while ago, Flights Podcast. Check it out. That's one of the first podcasts I was ever a guest on. Flights. We drank cider, I remember, um, on that one. It was a podcast where we, we drink while talking, and I knew I hated cider, and I was like, he's going to end up bringing cider over, and that's what we ended up drinking. And it, you got to hear it to believe it. So Billy Langley. How important is it to fit into multiple comedy scenes? Do you think finding your audience comes with a danger of being pigeonholed into a certain brand of comedy? Ooh. Um, this really falls back into the belief I said with corporate comedy in terms of there is no right way, there's only your way. So... Any advice I share is only from my perspective. 
I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all advice. This is just what I've learned in almost 10 years of comedy from my personal experience. My personal experience, there was never, where is my niche? Where is my audience? I wanted to perform anywhere and everywhere. That meant I want to be able to do the same jokes. Guinness is ready to get out of here, apparently. He's like, enough self-grandizing, Joel. Let me go get a treat. I didn't even get one. So, oh, he's back. So anyway, I was never looking for my specific audience. People make a living off their audience, okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with finding your audience and just hammering down on it. But I knew I wanted to be able to do the same jokes in a strip club on the south side of Atlanta that I do in a church in Middle Tennessee, that I do in a college in Wisconsin, that I do in a comedy club in L.A. Ever since I started comedy, I wanted to make sure I could entertain as many people as possible. So I was never looking for a specific audience. I was really just looking for material that could entertain as many people as possible. So what I found personally is that the more personal the more universal. So my personal material will then translate to an audience who may have no idea or connection to me or a background I grew up in, but because it's personal and I'm connected to it, they will connect to your material. So I do think, I don't know if there's a danger of being pigeonholed into a certain brand of comedy. It's really just picking what you want your comedy to be. Do you want to do the hipster bars and just kill there? Great. By all means, go there. Do whatever makes you happy. I'm not, I don't try to tell any comedian what they should or shouldn't do besides not steal material. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just the cardinal rule though. But I think, and you asking Billy how important it is to find, to fit into multiple comedy scenes. I mean, the more people you can entertain, the more you can work at the end of the day. You know, Chris Rock, I don't I don't believe one type of comedy is better than the other, dirty versus clean, but I remember hearing Chris Rock say in an interview on CBS, if he could change one thing, he would be clean because then he would have Ray Romano money by now, he said. And this is Chris Rock, okay? Millionaire, super successful, international world celebrity. And even he was like, I wish I would have been clean. But it's really what has helped me and guided me throughout my career is having that vision early on. So I really, it's not too late to adjust your vision, but especially if you're just starting out, go ahead and set that precedent now. Set that bar of where you want your comedy to be. And then just always use that as like a benchmark in terms of what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Kind of like Dave Chappelle when he didn't take that $50 million from Comedy Central, it was because he had set his bar when he first started that if it gets above this price down in my career, I'm going to walk away. He set the bar early, and that became you know, a guiding light for him. Ooh. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Jeffrey Lewis, Nance. Beth. Hey. Oh, the live stopped. Oh, that's sad. Aw. Oops. Oh, well. We must move on, everyone. We must keep moving on in this live Q&A. People have been posting questions, though, so we will get to those. It must be this Boost Mobile Wi-Fi I'm using. So anyway, 
Let's keep it moving. Lauren Yandel asks, Is there such a thing as people who ghostwrite jokes for comedians? Actually, yes. There are. Uh, a lot of comedians have writers. Judd Apatow famously wrote for several comedians like Gary Shandling, like Roseanne. There are a lot of comedians that use writers. Kevin Hart famously has like a writing team as well. So yeah, there are people who make a living writing jokes for other comedians. Yeah, that is a viable uh, option. So that can be a career in itself, writing for stand-ups. You know, so me personally, I mean, I'm talking like, well, I don't have any, but I don't know. It's easy for me to say right now that I wouldn't want any, but if I'm working on a multi-million dollar movie and I'm doing this ad campaign for uh, Tom's toothpaste, am I manifesting that? I don't know. Maybe then I may not have as much time to be hitting the stage every night like you should be or writing every day like you should be. And you just build a team around you. Kind of like, you know, there's a team of writers that write Conan's TV show and all the late night shows and all the movies. There's a team of writers. So stand-up can be the same way. At the end of the day, you still have to get up and say the jokes. But I have heard with Kevin Hart's team specifically is he'll kind of call them spitball some ideas, they'll spitball some ideas, and then he'll go on stage, but then he, his writers are there to kind of take notes while he's performing to see what can be adjusted, what worked, what didn't work. So having that kind of team can really help you with the, the time expense it requires to record your set, then to review your set, and to rewrite your set. So it just kind of shaves off some time that way. But at the end of the day, these comedians are still getting on stage and still performing themselves. But yep. That is a thing. An old industry insight. Getting it behind the scenes here on Hot Breath. Ooh, this is a good one here. Alan Michael Harbor. If you run a local open mic and you decide to do a show show, should you book good comics and not so good as a combination to give them stage time or just stick with comics you know for sure can generate laughs? I know it's probably a dumb question, but people say, help your fellow comics, and I see others book people that can't generate good enough laughs. Great question, Alan Michael Harbour. Let me take a sip of this hot breath Fontis water real quick. Mmm. Ah, from the Blue Ridge Mountain Springs of Georgia. So anyway, great question. And actually, Yoshi So commented here in the Facebook group. He goes, oh, I know the answer. Uh, Yoshi's a great resource as well for anyone that's in the Hot Breath Comedy Network group. Uh, he produces a lot of shows. I'm on one of his shows in January, uh, headlining that one. And he's a great resource as well in terms of like booking and producing shows. But specifically, Alan Michael Harbour, long story short, if you run an open mic, it's open. So it's open to the good, the bad, and the bombing. So you are running a risk when you have an open mic of people just getting up there and being belligerent and saying things that may embarrass the show or may not make people not want to come back to the show. I know when I hosted my show here in Georgia for like almost eight years before the venue burned down, which was not my fault, 
I say that on the record again, but I remember I went through phases where I was like, all right, it's an open mic. All right, it's a booked show. All right, I, all right, it's a bucket spot and book show. I, I went through so many iterations because running a show is a lot of hard work. And one more layer of hard work is booking the show and having to field messages every single day. Trust me, if you are contacting a show booker, you are one of 50 comics annoying this booker about it, okay? The best way, and Joe Pettis, who booked some of the best shows in the country, legitimately, he's been on this show, and Hot Breath, and he breaks down how you can produce your own show locally, market it, approach venues, negotiating money, he breaks down all the sauce. So if you want to check that out, check it out, hotbreathpodcast.com. There's actually a search feature where you can type in any guest or any topic you want. Go to hotbreathpodcast.com, search writing. All the episodes and blogs about writing pop up. Search show producing. All the episodes and blogs about that pop up. So, And by the way, if anyone's interested in writing blogs, message me. And um, let's work together on creating some content here in the Hot Breath verse. But... Joe, his system is come to his shows, meet him, support his shows, and he'll be inclined to then support you. So instead of messaging him blindly, go to his show, meet him in person, support his show, and then he will support you and get him on his shows. So that's just a fun tip for anyone wanting to get on a show. Be professional, all right? This is a job. The show is not your place to go get hammered. The show is your office, okay? If you want comedy to be your job, treat it like a job. But in terms of a booked show, Alan Michael Harbour, book funny people, period. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they produce a booked show is they book their friends. And a lot of the times, their friends aren't that funny. And I'm telling you right now, if the show isn't funny, The people won't come back. Your best friend in producing a show is audience retention. The best marketing, I don't care if you have Facebooks, Google AdWords, whatever you have, word of mouth is still your best friend. That is going to be your best marketing tool. Word of mouth. Maybe a couple coming out on a date. Enjoying the show Next week, they may bring another couple. It's a double date. Or, oh, they have family in town. They may likely to bring eight people out the next time. Or the next month, they may end up coming back. But only if you put on a good show. If the show isn't great because you booked your friends that aren't necessarily funny, but they're, quote, cool, but it's not a great show, people aren't going to come back. Period. So that's a big mistake. And don't worry, Alan Michael Harbour, you said, I know it's probably a dumb question. It's not a dumb question. It's a very valid and important question for comedians to remember. If your friends are funny, great, but just book funny people. The show is number one. The audience is number one. Book people that are going to put on a good show so you can continue having a good booked show that the venue wants to support. Because that was another fun tip. Just a little secret side sauce that Joe mentioned is work with venues that want to work with you. Don't work with a venue that expects you to do all the work. Work with a venue that really wants to create this show together and put in the work to promote it and to be a team in this. But that's really, that's a good, um, it's a great question. Book funny people.
right. Let us move on. Looks like we have arrived to the final uh, question of this Q&A. And uh, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in here. Um, I know for some reason my internet was not doing much in terms of supporting the actual live, but we did have a few good questions. And anyone that has questions, please reach out to me on social media, at Joel Byers or at Hot Breath Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube as well. Our YouTube is blowing up right now. Hot Breath on YouTube. We're starting to... We're starting to get some momentum over there, so definitely check it out. And the final question of the holiday Q&A comes from Jerry L. Woodruff. Hey, Joel, do you think that stage names are a good idea in the long run? I am less than two years in, but I've had the nickname over 20 years, so it's not that big of a stretch for me. Thoughts? Again, the short answer, it's personal preference. It's whatever you want to do on stage and with your brand. But I will say, I just interviewed, I haven't released it yet, but I just did an interview with a comedian named Tony Tone, 30-year comedy vet, one of the hands-down funniest people I've ever seen live. He... um we did about a two hour podcast together while working together out on the road. And we've, I've known him since I started comedy. He's always been around and an influence and inspiration. And he's 30 years in and he, he kind of candidly spoke about, man, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, um, I, I kind of wish I had, I used my real name, but he's kind of stuck now in this brand of Tony Tone, he's kind of pigeonholed himself in a sense, but he's already, he's kind of thinking, he's like, I wonder if it's too late to change my name. And he was kind of going back and forth on it. But a stage name, completely up to you, Jerry. It's whatever you want it to be. It's really whatever you want your comedy to be. Um, I will say you've had the nickname over 20 years, but how long have you been doing comedy? You know, you've been doing comedy a few years. It's not like people are Oh, well, we won't think he's funny if he uses his real name or if he he doesn't use that nickname, then I don't want to come support him. You know, it's I always used my real name just because it just came naturally to me and I never really thought, oh, I want a stage name or not. I know people use stage names and they're happy and content with it. Others use stage names and they're like, oh, I wish I used my real name. It's just, it's kind of whatever you want to do with it. And I feel like that is an overall theme of this podcast today is take the time, especially since it's the holidays now and we're heading into 2020. Oh, uh, sorry. Jerry said he's less than two years in, but he's had the nickname over 20 years. I, I mean, me personally, if you're asking me personally, my personal opinion, I would say use your real name. That's me. That's my personal, just because I feel like if I was using a fake name, then my show would almost feel fake in a sense. Or it wouldn't feel as authentic because it wasn't coming from my name per se. Or if I saw my name in the lights, it wouldn't feel as real, maybe. But that's me, okay? Do whatever you want to do, okay? But that's, that's my personal opinion. But really the big... And let me... um. 
I'm gonna record this for Instagram stories. And by the way, if you guys aren't following me on Instagram at Joel Byers Comedy, uh, I'm not bragging, but my meme game is getting on fleek. Okay, I think I have really found my voice in terms of um, the kind of content I want to create. So just go check out at Joel Byers Comedy. Give me a follow because there's a lot of funny stuff going on over there now. I'm kind of excited about it. But I'm going to record this as an Instagram story just for funsies. So I would say the overall theme of this Q&A has been to set your own standard. Where do you want to be in your comedy career? What do you want your brand to be? And just go from there. Do you want it to have a dog in the background while you're doing a live Q&A? Do it. Do you want to be clean? Do you want to be dirty? Do you want to be corporate? Do you want to go to colleges? Do you want to be an international headliner? Do you want to just make a livable wage? Whatever you want to do, set your standard early on in your career, and that will become your guiding light for all the difficult times, all the questions you have. Yeah. You guys hear that? Isn't that fun? So, sorry guys. I appreciate you because this is the audio. This is the intimate interaction we get here. You guys get the exclusive audio. So, do the legwork, especially here in the holidays, to take some time this holiday season to really put some thought into what you want to do in your comedy career. I think especially if you're heading into 2020, go ahead and go ahead and do that. If you want comedy to be your job, you have to treat it like a job. You have to show up to the office. You have to put in the work. You have to do the writing. You have to do the performing. But having an overall vision for your comedy, like me, I always had the vision. I want to be able to perform in front of as many audiences as possible. And that has translated into me getting corporate gigs because a lot of these corporate gigs want you to be clean or want you to avoid certain material. A lot of colleges, same deal. So you can be dirty, but there is more work in clean. That's just math. So like Gary Henry said, five years in, he wants to start doing, become a corporate comedian. Okay, Gary, what does that mean to you? What does a corporate comedian mean to you? Does that, how much money do you make as a corporate comedian? Do you want to just perform at company holiday parties? Do you want to be hosting fundraisers? Do you want to be hosting, um, they do like giveaways and, uh, what are those called? Not lotteries. Um, the ticket thing where they roll the ball and it's not bingo. Um, what are those called? Oh, well. You know what I'm talking about. Because there's, there's power in just being an event host as well. I just hosted an event at Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta where it was called the Red Zone Games, and it was uh, little kids getting to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I was just kind of the host for the event, playing games with people in between events and making announcements and such. So there's power beyond just doing stand-up. It's a very versatile skill set. You can host birthday parties. So it's all kind of what you want to do. So in being a corporate comedian, think about what that means to you. Do you want to have a theme? Like I said, Rick Roberts does um, Barney Fife 
and it has like a message behind it. He has a themed show. So just put that into consideration, Gary, what you want it to be. Uh, Billy asking, finding your audience. Okay, well, who is your audience and who do you want to find? You know, it's, it's really all just up to you and your personal preference. But I think what's really going to help you all is to set the bar now. Where do you want to be and for what reason? You know. I hope that helps. So, Jerry, do you want a stage name? All right. Why? What do you want it to be? All those things. Cool? So, anyway. Let us go on with our day. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mikey? Miki? Oh, I'm sorry I'm mispronouncing your name. Um... But I met her in Charlotte, super nice, newer comic. She came out and watched me headline the Comedy Zone in Charlotte earlier this year. Always great to connect with hot brethren and sistern out there. Even at that Red Zone Games, I met up with Jay Live. He came all the way from Birmingham. to um, He worked the Red Zone Games as well, and then we went out to Waffle House afterwards and just chopped it up. He's also um, a member of the Patreon. So uh, go check out the Patreon in these holiday seasons. Support the show. And while also, you know, getting additional content and educational resources for you to get comedy insights. So thank you all so much for tuning in. In this holiday season's 10, 10? Tis the season in this holiday season. It is forgiving. I won't ask you to join anything or leave any reviews, even though all that does make a difference. If you do one thing, like I said about booking shows, share this. Word of mouth is our best friend. There is nothing I love more than seeing comedians post on social media about how helpful Hot Breath has been. Just this yesterday... A comic named Elazar Guzman posted a heartfelt post on Facebook about how helpful the show has been. And he's so glad it was referred by another comic named Patrick Eady. So it's making a difference, y'all. Okay, seriously, it's, it's all incremental and it's all steady, but we're all in this together. So the more we can collaborate and share and work together, the more we're just going to grow and the more fun this whole network is going to be. So I'm super excited for all of y'all. In this holiday season, treat yourself, go over to Patreon, check out my new album I just released, The Trophy Husband, only on Patreon. You're getting it over, like you're getting it two months ahead of time. Go check it out. And it's discounted too. If it's over on Patreon, it's going to be cheaper than when you get it on iTunes. So just saying. But in the meantime, in between time, I appreciate you so much. Thank you out there. Have a happy holiday season. Remember, set your standard. What do you want your comedy to be? Where do you want to be in comedy? And use that as your kind of North Star moving forward in your career. So good luck out there. Safe travels during your holiday seasons. I love you all so much. And at the end of these, of course, I always thank my wife, Aaron, for making the theme song and making me. So... We're going to be off next week because I'm going to be traveling. But in the new year, we are hitting the ground running. We have some doozies of some episodes. We've got one with Steve Hofstetter coming up. We've got one with the joke doctor 
coming up. Oh, there's, there's, there's some good ones. So, uh, subscribe, share, and until 2020, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.